بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم ما بعد ونسهل ابن سعد رضي الله تعالى عنه أن إمرأة جاءت إلى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ببردة منسوجة فقالت نسجتها بيدي لأكسوكها فأخذ النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم محتاجا إليها فخرج إلينا وإنها لإزاره فقال فلان أكسنيها ما أحسنها فقال نعم فجلس النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في المجلس ثم رجع فطواها ثم أرسل بها إليه فقال له القوم ما أحسنت لبسها النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم محتاجا إليها ثم سألته وعلمت أنه لا يرد سائلا فقال إني والله ما سألته لألبسها إنما سألته لتكون كفني قال سهل فكانت كفنه رواه البخاري Continuing with the riwayat, we began the discussion yesterday. Sahal bin Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrates that a woman from amongst the Sahaba came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with a woven shawl or a woven cloth. And she said to Nabiya Pak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that I wove this cloth with my own hands. I needed it with my own hands with this express desire that I should give it to you so that you should wear it. Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam took it from her, accepted it from her in a manner that he was in need of it. A little while later, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came out to us and this had become la izaruhu, his loincloth, in other words, the lower garment. So one of the sahaba said to Nabi Pak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that how beautiful this is. In other words, what a beautiful woven cloth it is. Give it to me, I would like to wear it. To this Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, yes. In other words, he acceded to the request of the Sahabi. Up to this point, we discussed certain aspects of this hadith. Obviously, this reply of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would explain why this particular hadith is included under the chapter, Babul Ithar wal Muasat. The chapter which deals with giving preference to others over oneself. This was something that Nabi Pak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam required. It was his need. And we find in the riwayat, muhtajan ilayha. It was as if he had hajat for it and he accepted it from this woman. But the moment someone else commented on it, mentioned how beautiful it is, and requested it from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this was the quality of Rasulullah Pak to make ithar, to give preference to others over himself. So without any reservation whatsoever, qala na'am. Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam accepted the request of the Sahabi and said, I will give it to you. The points which we mentioned yesterday, first of all, is this expression, muhtajan ilayha. That Rasulullah sallallahu accepted the gift as if he was in need of it. And this ulama ikira mentioned that accept a gift. First of all, we should not refuse a gift without a valid shari'i reason. When we talk of a valid shari'i reason, it means that there is some, either some negative motivation on the part of the one who is giving the gift that may lead to problems later on, and it is munasib that you should not accept that gift. Or the item that is being gifted, there is some shari'i grounds 
on which some masiyat, disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may be involved, etc. Or other aspects like that. But if there isn't things like that, we are strongly advised in hadith also, many, many ahadith, that if somebody gives you a gift, accept that gift. Provided, as we mentioned yesterday, there was not any lalaj or preconceived desire beforehand for that gift. If the heart was clean, you were not desiring it, you didn't make any intonations towards that person that he should give you that gift. And the person out of the blue gave the gift, then gladly accept it. Don't have an attitude that you are above everybody and that you don't have any requirement for it. Secondly, look at the zeal of the Sahabiya. Ya Rasulullah, I wove this thing with my own hands. I prepared it for you. I wanted you to wear it. So Allah didn't just accept it. Muhtajan ilayha. He showed hajat, he showed need for it. By doing this, this is husne adab. The adab of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and we'll, from this we learn the manner in which you accept a gift. Accept a gift in a manner that the one who gave you the gift becomes happy. If a person shows some need to a gift, you don't have an independent attitude, then the person who gave you the gift gets happy in their heart. This person needed it, is happy, is accepting it. And the person gets more himmat. Obviously, important sunnah, the exchanging of gifts. Tahaddu, tahabbu, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, exchange gifts with one another. This will create muhabbat and love amongst you. Nevertheless, Rasulullah sallallahu wore it immediately. That also would have pleased the person that had given the gift. One sahabi seeing this says, Ya Rasulullah, give it to me, I want to wear it. What a beautiful, how beautiful this cloth is. At this point, Nabi Pak makes isar and he accepts the request, the request of the Sahabi. However, interestingly, Sahal bin Saad ta'ala says, Rasulullah remained in that majlis amongst the Sahaba wearing that, wearing that garment which he had promised to the Sahabi. Here also, this would have pleased the person who had given the gift because this established one's, one possession in that gift and utilizing the gift that was given to him. Little while later, Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went back, fatawaha, he folded it and then he sent it to that particular sahabi. In other words, Nabi Islam was now not present amongst the sahaba. He had gone home or wherever it was and from there with someone having accepted the request of the sahabi, he sent it over to him. One important point we mentioned yesterday that Fakala Fulanun, the narrator of the hadith Sahal bin Saad says, someone amongst the Sahaba requested this. When the gift was sent, Qalalahulkom, the Sahaba that had gathered, said to this particular Sahabi who had requested this gift from Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ma Ahsanta, what you did was not appropriate. Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa wore the garment, he was in need of it. And then you asked him. And every one of us knows the mizaj and the temperament of Nabi Pak sallallahu alayhi wa What is that temperament? La yaruddu sa'ilan. He would never ever say no. He would never request, never turn down anybody's request. In fact, he would go out of his way. This was the generosity and the mizaj and the temperament of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and obviously, us being the followers of Nabiya Pak we have to endeavor and strive to develop that within ourselves. This mizaj of what we call generosity, the spirit of generosity, clean-heartedness of Rasulullah He could have felt aggrieved 
could have felt hurt, could have felt upset, he could have felt offended. Or in, if it was you and I, don't you know I need it? I just got it now. Why do you have to ask me for it? There was none of this. Complete clean-heartedness. The moment the person asked immediately. And Sahaba knew this. So the other companions, in the absence, not in front of Rasulullah in the absence of Nabi Islam, they said to them, what's wrong with you? You knew Nabi Islam is not going to turn, turn your request down, but you knew he needed it. He had just received it and he had just worn it. Why didn't you leave it? Why did you go and request it? Important point we mentioned, فَقَالَ fulanun. The narrator of the hadith could have mentioned the name of the sahabi. But this was the mizaj and temperament of sahaba. If somebody did something that was not appropriate or not liked for whatever reason, they would conceal the identity of that person. They did not reveal the name. We are, mashallah, very, very quick to target people, reveal their faults. All these are aspects which we should, from sunnah, from seerah, learn and incorporate in our lives. You want to guide the person, no problem, guide him. But what is the need to reveal his identity? What is the need to run the person down? What is the need, like today, mashallah, with social media, which is very, very common, we mock people, we spread malicious rumors, negative stories about people. These are actually what we call muhlikat, things which are destroying our nakis, our good deeds. So nevertheless, coming back to this incident, they said to this person, La yiruddu sa'ilan. Nabi Salaam would never turn down the person, any, any request. You knew he's going to accede to your request. But he needed it. It was not appropriate. Ma'ahsanta. What you did was not good. So this person, the sahabi explains the motivation behind why he did whatever he did. Because he also knew whatever they were mentioning to him. So he said, Inni wallahi ma sa'altuhu li albisaha. He says, I take an oath on Allah. I never asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa for this shawl because I had any intention whatsoever to wear this. What was my reason? Inna ma sa'altuhu li takuna kafani. I asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa because I had this desire in my heart that this shawl should be part of my kafan. One very, very important lesson we learned from this, my respected brothers, when Rasulullah sallallahu was asked, or we find the hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu asked the question, Man akya sunnas? Man akya sunnas? Who is the most intelligent person amongst you? Normally this question, if somebody puts it to us, who is the most intelligent? We think the one who can do vepari the best is the most intelligent. The one who is the, has the best business acumen, the one who knows how to make a quick buck, that is the intelligent person. What does Rasulullah sallallahu say? Who is the intelligent person? Man akya sunnas? He said, أَكْثَرُهُمْ ذِكْرًا لِلْمَوْتِ وَأَشَدُّهُمْ إِسْتِعْدَادًا لَهُ He said, the one who remembers his mort and death the most, and the one who prepares for it the most, he is the most intelligent. أُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْأَكْيَاسِ ذَهَبُوا بِشَرَفِ الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ He said, these are the intelligent people amongst you. Not the one who is running and running and running behind the dunya and pretending and carrying on as if he's never going to die. أَكْثَرُهُمْ ذِكْرًا لِلْمَوْتِ He said, the one who remembers mort the most, and the one who is preparing for it all the time, أُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْأَكْيَاسِ These are the intelligent people amongst you. So to constantly remind ourselves of our mort and our death, and to prepare for it, is a sign of intelligence. This is the stamp of intelligence that Rasulullah said. In fact, we find in the lives of Salafi Salihin, we may think this is very aggravated thing, but in the books of history, we find this was a common practice. Many of them would actually 
would actually find an empty grave and go and lie in the grave. They would go and lie down in that grave to remind themselves that that time is coming. That time is coming that I have to enter this grave. What preparation have I made for it? Among sahaba kiram this constant reminder, this constant preparation of moth and death was a very, very common thing we find in the majalis of the sahaba of Rasulullah in their conversations, etc., so this, this is a healthy, robust person. He sees a shawl already. What is he thinking about? I have this desire that this must become part of my kafan. The shawl of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Also another important lesson from this we learn. We find that nowadays, unfortunately when it comes to shariat, when it comes to deen, they, they are both ends. There's sometimes many of us that are on one end with this complete laxity. Then there are those on another end who have a lot of tashaddud. We create, we make things very, very difficult. So you'll find there is that tabqa and that group present in the ummah today that will say that any form of tabarruk to get barakat and blessings from the relics of the pious or from the possessions of the pious to, add, to feel that I'm going to get barakat and blessings from this, they feel this is against sharia. From these type of incidents we realize it is not against sharia. This Sahabi wanted to get barakat from the possession of Rasulullah and he felt that it would be efficacious, it would be beneficial in some way to him in his cover if it formed part of his kafar. So from this we learned that to take tabarruk, to take barakat and blessings within shari'i hudud, within shari'i parameters of the possessions of the pious is not khilaf of shari'at, is not against shari'at, is something that is sanctified by shari'at. That is why the Sahabi wanted the shawl of Rasulullah to form part of his kafan. So he says, this is the only reason, Allah's qasam, I asked Rasulullah so that it becomes part of my kafan. And Sahal bin Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala anhu, ajib, he doesn't reveal the narrator, he doesn't reveal the identity because of the inappropriate question. But he follows this to that extent that he confirms it. That fakanat kafanuhu, this formed part of his kafan. In other words, the time when we buried this particular person, this shawl of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa was part of his kafan. So, one of the aspects from this hadith, very quickly, we've run out of time already, is one is we see the extreme generosity of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa We see his mizaj, his spirit of ithar, giving preference to others over himself. Exchanging of gifts creates mutual love and unity amongst us. Do not turn down a gift without a valid shari'i reason. Constantly ponder and reflect over our death, our moth, and prepare for it. And as we mentioned just now, that to derive tabarruk and blessings from the relics of the pious is something that is allowed in shari'at.